Chapter Thirteen of the Indian Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Indian Fairy Book by Henry R. Schoolcraft. Chapter Thirteen. Strong Desire and the Red Sorcerer. There was a man called Od Shadoff, or the Child of Strong Desires, who had a wife and one son. He had withdrawn his family from the village, where they had spent the winter, to the neighborhood of a distant forest, where game abounded. This wood was a day's travel from his winter home, and under its ample shadows the wife fixed the lodge while the husband went out to hunt. Early in the evening he returned with a deer, and being weary and athirst, he asked his son, whom he called Strong Desire, to go to the river for some water. The son replied that it was dark and he was afraid. His father still urged him, saying that his mother as well as himself was tired, and the distance to the water very short. But no persuasion could overcome the young man's reluctance. He refused to go. "'Ah, my son,' said the father at last, "'I am ashamed of you. If you are even afraid to go to the river, you will never kill the red head.' The stripling was deeply vexed by this observation. It seemed to touch him to the very quick. He mused in silence. He refused to eat and made no reply when spoken to. He sat by the lodge door all the night through, looking up at the stars and sighing like one sorely distressed. The next day he asked his mother to dress the skin of the deer and to make it into moccasins for him, while he busied himself in preparing a bow and arrows. As soon as these were in readiness he left the lodge one morning at sunrise without saying a word to his father or mother. As he passed along, he fired one of his arrows into the air, and it fell westward. He took that course, and coming to the spot where the arrow had fallen, was rejoiced to find it piercing the heart of a deer. He refreshed himself with a meal of the venison, and the next morning fired another arrow. Following its course, after traveling all day, he found that he had transfixed another deer. In this manner he fired four arrows, and every evening discovered that he had killed a deer. By a strange oversight, he left the arrows sticking in the carcasses and passed on without withdrawing them. Having in this way no arrow for the fifth day, he was in great distress at night for the want of food. At last he threw himself upon the earth in despair, concluding that he might as well perish there as to go farther. But he had not lain long before he heard a hollow rumbling noise in the ground beneath him, like that of an earthquake moving slowly along. He sprang up and discovered, at a distance, the figure of a human being walking with a stick. He looked attentively and saw that the figure was walking over the prairie on a wide beaten path that ran from a dusky lodge to the waters of a black and turbid lake. To his surprise, this lodge, which had not been in view when he cast himself upon the ground, was near at hand. He approached a little nearer, concealing himself, and in a moment discovered that the figure was no other than that of the terrible witch, the little old woman who makes war. Her path to the lake was perfectly smooth and solid, and the noise Strong Desire had heard was caused by the striking of her walking staff upon the ground. The top of this staff was decorated with a string of the toes and bills of every kind of bird, and at every stroke of the stick these fluttered and sang their various notes in concert. The witch entered her lodge, and laid off her mantle, which was entirely composed of the scalps of women. Before folding it, she shook it several times, and at every shake the scalps uttered loud shouts of laughter, in which the old hag joined. 
the boy who now had arrived at the door was greatly alarmed but he uttered no cry after laying by the cloak the witch came directly to him looking at him steadily she informed him that she had known him from the time he had left his father's lodge and had watched his movements she told him not to fear or despair for she would be his protector and friend then she invited him into her lodge and gave him a supper during the repast she questioned him as to his motives for visiting her he related his story and stated the manner in which he had been disgraced and the difficulties he labored under now tell me truly said the little old woman who makes war you were afraid to go to the water in the dark i was strong desire answered promptly as he replied the hag waved her staff the bird set up a clamorous cry and the mantle shook violently as all the scalps burst into a hideous shout of laughter and are you afraid now she asked again i am again answered strong desire without hesitation but you are not afraid to speak the truth rejoined the little old woman you will be a brave man yet and to show you that i trust you i will help you kill the redhead now ha nudota or the red head was a most powerful sorcerer living upon an island in the center of his realm of water he was the terror of all the country about it was the ambition of every indian youth to be the one finally to overcome him so strong desire was greatly cheered by this assurance of the little old woman's friendship do to me as you will he said i will try not to be unworthy of your confidence so be it answered the little woman and began at once to exercise her power upon him his hair being very short she took a great leaden comb and after she had drawn it through his locks several times they became of a handsome length like those of a beautiful young woman she then proceeded to dress him as a maiden furnishing him with the necessary garments and tinting his face with colors of the most charming dye she gave him too a bowl of shining metal she directed him to put in his girdle a blade of scented sword-grass and to proceed the next morning to the banks of the lake which was no other than that over which the redhead reigned she then informed her that there would be many indians upon the island who as soon as they saw him use the shining bowl to drink with would come thinking him a woman to offer marriage these offers he was to refuse and to say that he was a maiden who had come a great distance to be the wife of the redhead and that if the chief could not seek her she would marry no one then continued the little old woman as soon as redhead hears of this he will come for you in his own canoe in which you must embark on reaching the shore she added you must consent to be his wife and in the evening you are to induce him to take a walk out of the village when you have reached a lonesome spot use the first opportunity to cut off his head with the blade of grass the little old woman also gave strong desire advice about how he was to conduct himself to sustain his assumed character of a woman but by this time his fear was so great that he could hardly consent to engage in an adventure attended with so much danger only the recollection of his father's looks and reproaches for his want of courage decided him early in the morning he left the lodge of the little old woman who makes war and it was clouded in a heavy brackish fog so thick and heavy to breathe that he with difficulty made his way forth when he turned to look back the lodge was gone then strong desire took the hard beaten path to the banks of the lake and made for the water at a point directly opposite the redhead's lodge he had not been long there sauntering along the beach when he displayed the glittering bowl by dipping water from the lake very soon a number of canoes came off from the island 
The men admired his dress and were charmed with his beauty, and almost with one voice they all made proposals of marriage. These strong desire promptly declined, in the manner of which the little old woman had warned him. When this was reported to Redhead, he ordered his royal bark to be launched by his chosen men of the oar, and crossed over to see this wonderful girl. As they approached the shore, Strong Desire saw that the ribs of the sorcerer's canoe were formed of living rattlesnakes, whose heads pointed outward to guard him from his enemies. Being invited, he had no sooner stepped into the canoe than they began to hiss and rattle furiously, which put him in a great fright. However, this rather added to than detracted from the supposed maiden's charms, and Redhead thought nothing of it, but spoke to the snakes, upon which they became pacified and quiet. Shortly afterward, the boat reached the landing upon the island. The marriage took place immediately, and the bride made presents of various rich gifts, which had been furnished her by the old witch who inhabited the cloudy lodge. As they were sitting in the lodge, surrounded by the friends and relatives, the mother of the redhead regarded the face of her new daughter-in-law for a long time with fixed attention. From this scrutiny she was convinced that this singular and hasty marriage boded no good to her son. She drew him aside and disclosed to him her suspicions. "'This can be no maiden,' said she. "'She has the figure and manners of a woman, but the countenance, and more especially the eyes, are beyond a doubt those of a man.' The mother spoke truly, but Redhead rejected her suspicions and rebuked her severely for entertaining such notions of her own daughter-in-law. She still urged her doubts, which so vexed the husband that he broke his pipe-stem in her face and called her an owl. This act astonished the company, who sought an explanation, and it was no sooner given than the mock bride, rising with an air of offended dignity, informed the redhead that after receiving so gross an affront from his relatives, she could not think of remaining with him as his wife, but should forthwith return to her own friends. With a toss of the head, like that of an angry woman, Strong Desire left the lodge and walked away until he came to the beach of the island, near the spot where they had first landed. He was followed by Redhead, who entreated him to remain, urging every motive and making all sorts of magnificent promises, none of which seemed to make the least impression. Strong Desire was very hard-hearted. During these appeals they had seated themselves upon the ground, and Redhead, in great affliction, reclined his head upon his fancied wife's lap. Strong Desire, now changed his manner, was very kind and soothing, and suggested in the most winning accent that if Redhead would sleep soundly for a while, he might possibly dream himself out of all his troubles. Redhead, delighted at so happy a prospect, said that he would fall asleep immediately. "'You have killed a good many men in your time, Redhead,' said Strong Desire, by way of suggesting agreeable thoughts to the sorcerer. "'Hundreds,' answered Redhead. And what is better, now that I am fairly settled in life by this happy marriage, I shall be able to give my whole attention to massacre. And you will kill hundreds more, interposed Strong Desire, in the most insinuating manner imaginable. Just so, my dear, Redhead replied, with a great leer, thousands. There will be no end to my delicious murders. I love dearly to kill people. I would like to kill you if you were not my wife." "'There, there,' said Strong Desire, with a coaxing air of a little coquette. "'Go to sleep. That's a good redhead.' No other subject of conversation occurring to the chief, now that he had exhausted the delightful topic of wholesale murder, he straightway fell into a deep sleep. The chance so anxiously sought for had come. 
and strong desire with a smiling eye drawing his blade of grass with lightning swiftness once across the neck of the red head severed the huge and wicked head from the body in a moment stripping off his woman's dress underneath which he had all along worn his male attire strong desire seized the bleeding trophy plunged into the lake and swam safely over to the main shore he had scarcely reached it when looking back he saw amid the darkness the torches of persons come out in search of the newly married couple he listened until they had found the headless body and he heard their piercing shrieks of rage and sorrow as he took his way to the lodge of his kind adviser the little old woman who makes war was in an excellent humor and she received strong desire with rejoicing she admired his prudence and assured him his bravery should never be questioned again lifting up the head which she gazed upon with vast delight she said he need have only brought the scalp cutting off a lock of the hair for herself she told him he might now return with the head which would be evidence of an achievement that would cause his own people to respect him on your way home added the little old woman you will meet with but one difficulty monka kesh the spirit of the earth requires an offering or sacrifice from all of her sons who perform extraordinary deeds as you walk along in a prairie there will be an earthquake the earth will open and divide the prairie in the middle take this partridge and throw it into the opening and instantly spring over it with many thanks to the little old witch who had so faithfully befriended him strong desire took his leave doing as she said he safely passed the earthquake and in due time arrived near his own village then he secretly hid his precious trophy on entering the village he found that his parents had returned from the place of their spring encampment by the woodside and that they were in heavy sorrowing for their son whom they supposed to be lost one and another of the young men had presented himself to the disconsolate parents and said look up i am your son but when they looked up they beheld not the familiar face of strong desire having been often deceived in this manner when their own son in truth presented himself they sat with their heads down and their eyes nearly blinded with weeping it was some time before they could be prevailed upon to bestow a glance upon him it was still longer before they could recognize him as strong desire who had feared to draw water from the river at night this youth's countenance was no longer that of a timid stripling it was the face of a man who has seen and done great things and who has the heart to do greater still when he recounted his adventures they believed him mad the young men laughed at him him strong desire who feared to walk to the river at night-time he left the lodge and before their laughter had ceased returned with his trophy he held aloft the head of the red sorcerer still leering at prospect of a thousand future murders it was easily recognized and the young men who had scoffed at strong desire shrank into the corners out of sight strong desire had conquered the terrible redhead all doubts of the truth of his adventures were dispelled he was greeted with joy and placed among the first warriors of the nation he finally became a chief and his family were ever after respected and esteemed end of chapter 13